I'm nice. And I'm naughty. And, and we're, we're both 40. 40. We're going to tell you how it really is. From our perspective. Tune in on Sundays at 2 p.m. As we dish on topics we're sure you can relate to. Welcome to another podcast episode of Nice, Naughty, and 40. If this is your first time listening uh, to our podcast, you're in for a special treat, especially if one of your New Year's resolutions or goals for 2021 (laughs) is to get your finances in order. Michelle and I have a special guest, Brandy mm-hmm. Matt Evans, a financial yes. counselor. <laughs> and she's yes. with us today. She's going to give us a little bit of insight on how to get that money right <laughs> uh, <laughs> and to live more comfortably. Yes, I think we all can benefit from getting some insight when when it comes well when it comes to our finances. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a feeling that our new listeners will definitely want to subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcasts. Um, follow us on Spotify, Amazon Music, and on iHeartRadio. Yes. Oh, and Pandora. That's right. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you all just might want to check us out um, or check out our previous episodes also. Yes. And first, we just want to thank you, Brandy, uh, for agreeing to be our special guest on our podcast. You know, we really appreciate your support. Um, so mm-hmm. just to get started, could you share a little bit about yourself and what your uh, background is as a financial counselor? Yeah. So first of all, my pleasure. Thank you, ladies, for having me. I'm really excited. Um, So what I do, I provide coaching and guidance to um, my clients on how to budget, um, how to get rid of debt and how to save money. Mm -hmm. So I'm not some people think that I'm a a financial advisor, but there's a difference. I'm a coach. I'm like the person in the gym that's telling you like, nope, you need to do this. Nope. Do you know, do 50 crunches. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, So you're the one that helps them after they got in trouble. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Because most people don't come you know, proactively, they usually mm-hmm. come reactively. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I've always, <laughs> that's okay. <laughs> I have always, um, you know, been financially minded. I just didn't have the guidance that I needed. Um, and so it wasn't until I went through a divorce, I had to file a chapter 13 bankruptcy mm. um, that I was like, okay, enough is enough. I can't, I can't leave this legacy for my daughter who is 13 now. Um, and so I'm like, let me, let me get it together. And then in the process of me getting it together, um, I'm like, you know what? I need to help people, especially black and indigenous people of color. Yeah. Because we notoriously right struggle with managing money. Yes. Very true. Very true. <laughs> Brandy, I'm gonna be your special, uh, your special student. <laughs> uh, our <laughs> our main demographic is people in their 40s, predominantly women. Um, at the you know um, at this age, some women may still have outstanding debt from student mm. loans. Me, yeah, <laughs> and, and uh, would even like to return to college, but are concerned about financing me again <laughs> and taking out additional loans. Of course, everyone's situation is different, but do you have any guidance um, or general advice that might help? Yes. So 
um my my biggest thing is to like focus on one thing at a time right like um one of one of the things that I first when I got started was following um Dave Ramsey's baby steps right and there's there's a reason why he calls his the baby steps and it's because when we try to focus on too many things at one time we get overwhelmed you know then we feel like we can't do it and it causes us to then quit and we're back in the cycle, right? And so my suggestion would be, especially for those of us who are paying off student loan, because I will be done mine and next year. I'll Woo-hoo! come back, ladies, and <laughs> share my, you know, excitement. But, um, mm-hmm. it, you know, we got to make more than minimum payments because they really don't make any movement when we're only making minimum yeah. payments, right? Um, because we're just paying mostly to the interest and not to the principal. Mm-hmm. And so then that doesn't give us confidence, right? So when you make those larger chunks and you see, you see the balance decreasing it gives you you know excitement and then I would suggest like for those who want to go back to school kind of thinking about a way to finance it without taking out more loans because it just it just creates the problem all over again yeah yeah Yeah. um I was wondering like when you say make more than the minimum payment uh what how would a person determine how much that should be? Like, for instance, I still have student loans and I pay more than the minimum payment. So what I do is for me, and you can tell me what uh, other suggestions is what I do is mm-hmm. I look at what the current interest is approximately each month. And so I say, well, I want to make sure I'm paying on top of that so that the full payment is going towards the principal as opposed to, uh, you know, a chunk of it going towards the interest. So that's the method that I use, but I'm not mm-hmm. sure if you have other other ideas. So when it when it comes to debt elimination, like the way that I tell clients to do it is to list your debts from smallest to largest. Okay, right. And so math people, I'm not a math person. <laughs> math people would say, well, it would make more sense to list it from largest percentage, right? The um, APR to list that, mm-hmm. but. The problem with that is, and it's only a matter of a few months when you do it the other way, but when we talk about momentum, right? So like if you have a $1,000 debt and then your next one is $10,000, right? But maybe the APRs are swapped on the two. Once you pay that $1,000 one off, you're like, bet I did it. Now I can move on to the next one and it creates momentum for you. Yeah. so that is what I suggest to folks because that's where we see like the most success. Yeah, yeah, definitely. now, see, I'm always at the other end of the spectrum. Tanya, see, this is why she's nice and I'm naughty. I, <laughs> I asked for the hardship and I paid them the bare minimum. I set, have it set on reoccurring so I don't have to worry about it. I figured <gasps> I'm going to have these student loans forever anyway. So I think I pay. I know my amount. seventy two eleven every month. <laughs> I'm like, mm. <laughs> <laughs> I'm paying like, I don't know, like. Not not, not quadruple, whatever, however you say the the five. I'm paying five times. I I mean, I'm naughty for a reason. I mean, because it's just, you know, like that mindset, what you just said, you know, I figured that could be at the back of my, you know, that's at the back of paying. But it shouldn't be like that. Yeah, but correct me if I'm wrong, Brandy, like with student loans, they say if you don't pay anything, pay that student loan because, Mm -hmm. you know, that can get you in trouble in terms of like, I mean, obviously other stuff can get you in trouble with your credit rating, but student loans are like, you know. uh, Oh yeah, they can destroy you. Don't destroy you. 
the ones that are, I'm sorry, Michelle, the ones that are backed by the government, they can come and take your home, put a lien on your home. They take, you know, when people, when people are um, looking forward to their tax returns, they can take that. So mm. yeah, yeah, you don't want to mess, don't mess with the mess government. Real. <laughs> See, that's why it's on a reoccurring payment. This is what they told me I can pay for a year. <laughs> and every year I ask for that. So, so, you, you know so I, I'm going to get better. I'm going to get better. And I'm not going to act like I never did that before because when I was in a hardship, um, this was like early on uh, in my professional career uh, and you know, like in the back of your mind, your mind, you tell yourself, okay, well, whatever is supposed to be when it, you know, when I'm over the hardship, I'm going to pay double or I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And if I'm honest, I did not pay double, but I did increase it, but I didn't do what I said I was going to do. And I think that that's kind of cool. Like if you have a financial counselor and someone yeah. who holds you accountable and, you know, you got to check in with them and, you're, and they're like, okay, did you pay such and such? Like you said, <laughs> you were going to, and you're like, uh, <laughs> so. Okay, I'm gonna move it up to $75. I'll pay $75. Is that okay? <laughs> um, we'll, we'll talk offline. <laughs> All right. So when some people reach their 40s, they may feel more empowered. You know, we were talking about that in one of our episodes, but they may have also experienced a divorce. They might be dealing with community debt, you know, uh, or they might even find out about debt that they're now on the hook to pay. They didn't even know about it, right? What do you think is the best way to reestablish credit after a divorce? So my answer is going to be a little radical, right? Um, it's going to be a lot of listeners who will be like, what? What's she talking about? She don't know what she's talking about. <laughs> right? Because it's going to be, you know, it's not the it's not the norm. Uh, well, one, let me say, I, I have had a divorce. I have had to, again, like I said, I had a bankruptcy Um after my divorce and according to credit standards, right, that can truly ruin your credit. Mm -hmm. But what I try to explain to people when it comes to credit is credit is just a matter of how you interact with debt, right? So you could be a millionaire, have no debt, try to get a credit card or try to go rent an apartment and they're like, nope, you're not credit worthy, right? Mm -hmm. So it's not a matter of your wealth. It's just a matter of how you interact with debt. And so... I try to encourage my clients to not get caught up in the whole debt cycle, right? But, you know, I get feedback like, well, you can't get a car. Well, you can if you pay for it, right? You don't have to finance a car. Mm -hmm. uh, well, you can't get a home. Not true either. There's something called manual underwriting where uh, credit score is not considered at all. And what they consider is your payment history. They consider your, you know, how long you've been at your job. And it's a, it's a little bit more work that you have to do, but in the end it's worth it because you're not reliant on a credit score, right? And a little algorithm that a monkey could just type in some buttons and then mm -hmm. they spit out what they believe you're worthy of in regards to um, a, a percentage rate. So mm -hmm. that is, that's my suggestion. And so I haven't had a credit card in probably seven years, eight okay, years. Okay, okay. Um, and so if I can't afford it, then I can't buy it, right? If yeah. I don't have it, then I can't I can't get it. Um, yeah. And so that's just, that's, it. yeah, I know. <laughs> because I be wanting those shoes, Brandy, and I know I can't afford it, but I can put it 
on the payment plan with my credit card. I need, you know what? And I think that's the problem, Michelle, is that a lot of places no longer have layaway like they used to. You know, like back in the day, you know, you all proud, you know, you go and put your layaway payment. Like a lot of places, they don't have layaway anymore. Mm -hmm. They're trying to make you either pay it outright or, you know, well, you can always sign up for our credit card. (laughs) Exactly. And I'll be like, okay. I need, and I have store credit cards, Brandy. Yeah, we definitely have to talk offline. Because I know that's a big no-no. But I I like it. I have to buy it. Let me ask you, Brandy. What Mm -hmm. about debit cards? And what I mean by debit cards, it's not like it's tied into your bank. But like, for example, right? um, My husband, he signed up for us to have a Target debit card. So the money is not a credit card, but it's a Target card so that we still reap the benefits of Target, yet it's tied into to our bank account like is that mm-hmm. something that could help someone establish credit because you know you hear sometimes and they'll say this could help you establish credit even though it's a debit card or something like that um i have the target debit card as well okay. I, it's, it's not tied into credit at all like it mm-hmm. doesn't show up on your credit report gotcha. or anything like that um mm-hmm. but you know like again if we just kind of think outside the box when it comes to credit you don't really need to build credit, mm-hmm. right? You know, people spend millions and millions of dollars in, um, uh, oh goodness, uh, interest. Yeah. Um, just to say, like, oh, I have an 800 credit score. Well, it costs you a lot to get that 800 mm-hmm. credit score. And so I would rather have a zero credit score, but yeah. I have. X amount of money in the bank or X amount of money in, in investments, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it yeah. is truly, it's a mindset, right? Yeah. So like, you know, like Michelle, what you were saying, it, it it's a, it's a mindset and it's the mindset that influences the behavior, mm-hmm. right? You know, so, and really, really the behavior piece is the piece that's the hardest part to break. Um, because we can have, like, we know if you have children, they know what not to do. It's just, yeah. they just do things. Right. And then we got to break that, break that, that habit or break that behavior, that bad behavior. So I, I will say this, it's just to challenge you a little bit, Michelle. Right. So like I've read somewhere and I think I posted on my Instagram where it says that, um, rich people ask how much and poor people ask how much a month, how much down and how much a month. Mm. Right. Mm. And so just because you can make payments doesn't mean you can afford yeah. something. And really That's rich people don't even ask how much. They just say, I want it. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I just added it. That. <laughs> that is that's true. Now see, little snippets like that I need yeah. to hear. Because like even I was thinking uh, one time um I wanted to get a new phone and one of my directors at the job was like, if you can't pay for that phone outright, you can't afford it. And I'm like, I can make monthly payments. She's like, don't get that phone. And I'm glad I listened mm-hmm. because I would be making payments on the cell phone. So little, like, I'm definitely going to follow you um, because little snippets like that help me. Because every time I'm about to swipe, I'm going to think about what you just said. <laughs> <sighs> now, when thinking about children, some of our listeners have like, school-age children yeah. and they want to make life easier for them by paying for them to go to college rather than having them accumulate mountains of student loan debt before they're 21. But at the same time, some parents may not want to work beyond retirement paying for their student schooling. Any advice for those parents? 
Absolutely. So again, I have a 13 year old and I also my day job, I am a college advisor. And so when I am advising my students and their parents, I'm like, don't take out loans for this kid. Mm. Right. Like and now if you want to, that's your business. <laughs> yeah. Right. But I'm going to suggest that you not do that because kids are fickle. They they change their minds about stuff. And I'm not going to be on the hook for you changing your mind. Right. And so one way, like, if you know, especially people who maybe have younger children, you can start a 529 plan where you are putting in money. Um, it, it depending on the option that you choose, it grows, like follows the yes. child. Right. And the child can use it for college. They can use it for trade school, anything that goes towards their education. Mm-hmm. And then the good thing about a 529 plan is let's say the child is like, meh, I don't want to go high school was enough. I'm going to go, just go to work that it can be passed to other family members, yes. even if the mm. parent decides yes. that they want to go back to school. Right. I'm looking then they forward can say, to that. <laughs> yes, they can take that money. And let's say your child gets a scholarship, right? You can take mm-hmm. out the money without penalty up to the amount really? that the scholarship was for. Yep. That's good information uh-huh. because I started a 529. My husband and I, we started a 529 for my daughter, like immediately, like the month she was born, we put the mm-hmm. first deposit in and we increase it by a hundred every year. So right now it's like, we pay like 900 a month. Like, cause I'm, I'm basing it on her getting into like, the best school but I'm hoping like I'm like all right I'm 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 banking on that scholarship so I can either you know take some classes myself <laughs> or I'm this information you're just giving me about you can get the money without penalty oh yeah please get that scholarship <laughs> yeah, absolutely you're gonna get a nice windfall <laughs> absolutely it's a naughty friend on a trip yes <laughs> <laughs> yes. I, I also, um, you know, I tell, I'm actually at the part in my curriculum where I'm talking to my students about scholarships, right? Mm-hmm. Every year, thousands and thousands of dollars goes unclaimed because yes. students just don't apply yeah. for these scholarships. Yeah. They don't research for them. And so right now, like that is like part of their grade for this marking mm-hmm. period is to, you need to find three scholarships. If you That's are two cool. or four year bound, you need to find three scholarships because the money or more, but at least three because the money is out there. I mean, I've watched Mm -hmm. kids. Matter of fact, the number I shared with my students. So last year, the class of 2020 for just my school alone, they were awarded $2 million in scholarships. Mm -hmm. It was maybe about a hundred students in that class. So the the money is out there. These, you know, these kids just have to, they got to chase it. They got to find it. Not even just for Mm -hmm. kids, like even for adults, like when we were talking about, uh, you know, Older people, like all right, well not old, but you know, going back. I was about to say older people. I say older people. I mean, there's money out there. I mean, I'm telling you, like even like in in, uh, working as a professor, at one point I was the advisor for our honor society for a while, like uh, 12 years. And what was happening was we didn't have enough people in the pool uh, in order to give scholarships to. And when I, I mean, these were full rides scholarships like uh, these were uh, for all PA uh, scholarships where you could go to you know a Pennsylvania college of your choice full ride basically all you'd have to pay you know like when they had those tech fees and stuff like that and I'm telling you each year we'd have maybe five people maybe and then even 
if we had like eight people out of those eight people, maybe only three of them actually completed the application in its entirety. And so I would tell my students like in my class all the time, listen, you need to apply. I mean, it gives you an excellent opportunity to be able to get this scholarship. And I think the problem also is that confidence, you know, a lot of times people just, you know, they're they're thinking, hey, I'm not good enough or I can't do this. But yeah, that's that's awesome, though. Yeah, the money mm-hmm. is there. Yeah. <laughs> and even and, and let's be real, it's laziness, too. Some, yeah. of these young, yeah. some of these young yeah. folks, they lazy. Oh, I got to fill up what? You know? <laughs> yeah, the essay. I'm like, oh, my goodness. Can my mom <laughs> fill it out for me? <laughs> yes. Mm-mm-mm. <laughs> Jinx. <That> is, yeah. <laughs> so Mm-mm-mm. though we're nice, naughty, and 40, we do have some younger listeners. And interestingly, more and more people tend to be leaving the nest later. And I, I was one of them. <laughs> uh, and, I mean, you know, like in being in college and everything, I, I left the nest in my late 20s where, you know, some people, they get kicked out at, you know, 18, when you're 18. But I think with people staying home, they're staying home longer because they have the student loan debt and because they accumulated these other expenses whether it's you know they, they're living in you know they're living in their mom's basement but they got a bmw you know and they got this car note where they got the credit card that they you know they get you with the i'll never they didn't get me though i you know i remember at my one college when i was at rosemont and you know and they're standing out there would you like a free t-shirt just sign up for this credit card <laughs> so it's like mm-hmm. you, you know, they get you as soon as you're old enough so yeah. i would say you know with that in mind what would be your top three five six tips uh, to help people in general to be financially stable by the time they do reach their 40s and if not sooner yeah so to to the under 40 crew right I would definitely say start early you you know start early if if I knew what I know now mm-hmm. back when I was in my 20s I would be in an amazing place right now so yes um, mm-hmm. you know, I actually have two of my really good friends are in their tw- late twenties and I'm like, y'all get it, like, get it together now mm-hmm. so that when you're my age, you know, you're like, oh, like what trip we going on? You know? Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> so I would say uh, one, get and stay out of debt. First and foremost, like that has to be the, the first thing that you do get and stay out of debt. Um, save a two, a, a three to six months emergency fund, right. Yeah. Of, of your expenses. Um, and then that way, you know, I have friends who have been furloughed and didn't know what to do. And all mm. they thought that all they could do was rely on credit cards. And then that way you don't have that burden or that thought even hanging over your head. Yes. Um, definitely. If you work for a company that has a 401k or 403b invest in that, um, especially if the job matches it. Yes. Because that right there is just free money added to the money that you are um, investing. If you have children, definitely start their education fund early um, just to help take that burden off of them so that they don't feel like they have to um, go out and get student loans. And mm-hmm. if you have a home, I would definitely say pay that off as quickly as possible, right? A lot of people are like, oh, I got time, I got 30 years, you know, but 
um, a 15 year fix is really the way to go because ha- imagine if you didn't have a mortgage, right? Like, yes, what you could do with all of that money, um, yeah. for mortgage sure, right? Taxes on top of it, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> seriously. Yes. And then, lastly, just give, right? Um, I'm definitely a believer of like give and it'll come back to you yes um yes. you know sh- show people you know and you don't have to you give what you can right you don't have to give millions and millions of dollars but just you know maybe even starting small and like mm-hmm. paying for the person behind you yes. in the drive through line mm-hmm. I love yes. doing that right and then yes. you know yes. I don't necessarily sometimes I want to see their expression but I'm like no let me hurry up and leave because you yeah. know I don't want them to feel obligated or feel mm-hmm. whatever and, and I have no idea who's behind me so yeah. it could be anybody but just mm-hmm. that whole idea of just like Mm -hmm. you know what I want to give back I want to give in some way Mm, awesome awesome yeah thanks so much Brandy well Tanya did you want to say something else um yeah I did um I'm not sure if you would think this would be a good idea Brandy uh whenever I pay anything off and and I I don't want to say what Michelle would do but I kind of have a feeling of what she would do is I roll the money over into another expense. Like, so, um, for instance, I, I paid off my car mm, about uh, about four or five months ago. And so that money didn't become extra spending money, Michelle, for my uh, clothes or my new phone. It, I rolled that money into my student loan instead because that's basically all the only debt I have left other than the house is my student mm-hmm. loan. So I, I split it between them. So I uh, I put a portion into the house. And, and I guess the main thing, the main reason I put more into the student loan because the student loan is a lower uh, debt. So I figured mm-hmm. it makes more sense. I pay that off and then I can roll the rest of that money over into the house. Yep, absolutely. That's that's basically what they call that, like the snowball um, yeah. effect, right? So, you know, you take that and that's how you build that momentum that I was talking about earlier, yeah. right? So you pay off the lower amount and now you're like, yes, I did it. And so the payments you were making on that one then goes to the next larger mm-hmm. debt or the next smallest debt and you just do it like that. And then, yeah. you know. I, I wish our time. audience could see Michelle's see uh, face. <laughs> it's like, I feel like, like I'm getting a broken now. Like, that's oh my gosh, I know you're telling me the things I need to do, but it's just like, uh <laughs> So I am not like Tanya. Yes. Now, I love the fact of you saying to start smaller because yeah. like I was saying, I do have department store cards. I'm in my 40s. I know better, but I like to get the discount and, you know, it's just, that's I don't know why. That's how they but get you. But I have some cards that have like a $300 balance. And Brandy, mm-hmm. thanks to you. I will take care of that because y'all putting my business out here. I'm probably not going to get a hundred. No time home. You're going to be like, she got to take care of her credit first. (laughs) um, I will start chopping down. Yeah. I mean, I got to reward myself, Tanya. I can't just roll it into the next thing. I need, I need to buy myself something for being good. I do it. I do it by like, you know, like how sometimes when you go to, you know, you go to the store, right. And you're paying for something. And they'll say, oh, your total is $3.97. And then they say, would you like to donate the three cents to round it up for the $4 mm-hmm. to such and such cause? And most people yeah. are like, yeah, okay. So like maybe if you did something like where, I mean, obviously not three cents, but <laughs> where you said, I okay, told you. If my, ba- if my total is $77, and like if you like my total is $77, then I'm gonna automatically round it up to 80. Like I don't know, I like even numbers. So whenever mm-hmm. I have an odd number, I always roll it up higher. Like whenever I pay anything, like I like I I mean, 
if it's a debt, then I always pay like a little bit more and then I round it up to like the nearest tenth. See, now, uh-uh, and if I pay 80, the student loan people will come after me and say, well, if you can pay 80, we're going to raise it up to 85. <laughs> Y'all not getting me caught up, but. <laughs> so here, but here, Michelle, I'm excited that, you know, I'm, I'm glad that some things I've, I'm saying are sticking. So here's the thing, though. When you pay off, let's say you pay off that one card that's $300, close mm-hmm. it. Now, I heard, yes. I, now I heard that sometimes you don't, like, if you have a lot of outstanding debt, they say it's good to have some, um, because I will admit that at one point, I um, I know we were wrapping up a little bit, but I admit at one point, and, and this is something, just my tip, and I don't know if you, you would agree with this one, Brandy, don't let other people get you caught up by going in debt for them, you know, because I won't mm. say the name. But I'm telling you, I was like anything for him. I went into debt for him. <laughs> like I had the retail cards for him. And we weren't even married. It's like, oh, you need mm. that. And that's when polo was really big. And so I'm like, oh, yeah. You know, I had my Macy's card. I had Lord and Teller. And, and basically what wound up happening was I had to pay all that. And, and yeah. it got to the point where I was like, oh, you know. And so then, you know, I was all proud of myself. I paid everything off. I closed everything out. And then when I went to try to get something, they were like, oh, you shouldn't have closed out all those accounts because now it looks like you don't have uh, accessible credit. You know what I mean? And I was like, well, I thought that that was a good thing that I did that. And so I was so confused. And I'm like, you know, because, you know, they give you like that pie chart that tells you. So, Brandy, can I keep my card open? No. So again, so that Tanya, that is all based on the the standard, our culture of you gotta have credit. Right? Okay. Mm. But you know what I'm what I'm saying to you is like no, don't buy into that, right? Okay, okay. Because that's just that's just how we get stuck. That's how we get stuck in, mm-hmm. in the rat race of, oh well, I gotta have credit, right? And so when you talk about that pie chart, um, I don't have the picture near me, mm-hmm. but if you when you look at the pie chart, everything that's in that on how they base your credit score is based off of debt. Yeah. How much debt have mm-hmm. you have? How long have you mm-hmm. had it? Mm-hmm. Right. How you know, um, how how many are new accounts? Right. Yeah. It's all about debt, though. Mm-hmm. It has nothing to do again with your wealth. There is no pie chart that says, well, how much wealth do you have? Mm-hmm. How much money do you have in stocks? How much yeah. money do you have it? You know, just in your savings yeah. account. Yeah. Nothing. Yeah nothing there's nothing that measures that that's true the it's only just, thing i would say is you know who will ask your current creditors because they want to uh extend your credit even further so every like i do have uh one credit card that i kept because you know i mean i don't know they always say keep up or at least i was told keep an emergency credit card so i don't have a balance on it but i keep it available and every once in a while they'll send me a message like or i'll get uh you know literature in the mail from them and it's Citibank, and they'll say you know i'm please update your current income uh and so then one time i updated my income right and then all of a sudden they're like oh you've been approved for an uh, mm-hmm. increase in your balance <laughs> you know and, you're, and, and, I'm like, and my credit exactly. limit and i'm like <laughs> hmm and so and it's, and it's crazy it got to the point where some of them i'll automatic like when they they should have a feature where you could say i don't want you to automatically increase it because then that can count against you too and so yeah. like when they would increase it and then i would uh you know go back and decrease it back to what it was you know originally because i'm like i don't want uh them you know thinking that i want all this you know line of credit available but then at the same time you you know you do get flattered you're like oh they think i'm worth <laughs> <such and such." laughs> 
But no, I mean, I think that that's crazy, though, how sometimes the credit cards will say, you know, well, how much you make? Yeah. Well, we're going to give you such and such based on that. So. Yeah, that's why I say close them. I have yeah. no credit cards. If I have no. an emergency, I have an emergency fund okay. that, okay. you know, Same. I'll use to fund my emergency and yeah. then I'll replenish mm-hmm. whatever it was that's that I use. That's smart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's very smart. See, Brandy, you have a lot of work with me. <laughs> <laughs> you do because y'all talking about savings accounts and everything and I'm like I'm paying my bills okay <laughs> yes I know I need to save and it's like you're not saving it for next month I gotta remember it's saving for long term mm-hmm. so yes I'm putting all my business out there but uh, Brandy thanks so much for joining us and yes. offering our listeners and us <laughs> some advice <laughs> about finances Man, this has just been great. I have yes. a long way to go. <laughs> we would love to um, have you on another podcast in the future. Yes, yes. In the meantime, to our listeners interested in some insight or possible scheduling a financial um, counseling session with Brandy, you got to have your mind right. You can follow her on her Instagram, which is Financial Coach Brand. Um, I can spell it out for you. Well, Financial Coach B R A N. All lowercase. So, Yes, all lowercase mm-hmm. on Instagram. Follow her and get in line because I need, a, <laughs> she has a lot of work. I, you need to have a boot camp for me. Because you're going to be like, Michelle, I told you. <laughs> I'll be like, but they was on sale, Brandy. <laughs> yes, thank you again, Brandy. You know, um, so with each episode, we always like to end with a motivational quote. Um, I actually found one from our new president, Joe Biden, uh, which is quite fitting for our discussion on finances Uh, and so this is what it is don't tell me what you value show me your budget and I'll tell you what you value I'll read it one more time (laughs) don't tell me what you value show me your budget and I'll tell you what you value so Brandy we'll let you start what does this quote mean to you um, first of all, I think that's an awesome quote. It mm-hmm. is very fitting for what we're talking about. <laughs> uh, but to me, um, that quote, it reminds me of the saying, right? It was like, I believe what you do over what you say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, a lot of times people talk a good talk, but then when you sit them down and you actually see what they're doing, you're like, eh. Yeah, you're not really, you know, about all that thing that you're talking about. And so, um, you know, a budget like most most people are like what's a budget (laughs) right like um not talking about you Michelle (laughs) but but seriously and so um you know I just think that that's amazing because when you do sit down and look at it you do see what people you know what people value yes yes how about you Michelle Woo! that was that (laughs) that was that I felt like that was a hot shot to me like because it's like oh Wow, that is a good one. <laughs> and I need to do a lot of reevaluation because right now my budget is just looking real bad. Mm. <laughs> First of all, I hate the word budget. I've always hated it, but it's just look, I got to be real and grow up and learn to budget. So I have a lot of work to do, you know. So, Tanya, what, what's your thoughts on this? <laughs> well, you know, it. Uh, a few things popped into my mind. One was actually something that uh, my sister, she sent me a meme about it. The uh, I guess it was it started the semester, like the kid who has on the newest Jordans, but they come up and ask and they borrow a pen or pencil over, you know, and it's yeah. like, 
And it just makes me think about like, I mean, everybody's at different places in what they value, but then it makes me wonder, well, um, what's most important? Is it your education uh, or is it just, you know, making sure that you got on the newest gear? And I think that, and it also made me think about like, you know, in a few podcasts I've mentioned that I do kickboxing and all. And Michelle, you know, you did the, uh, you did some classes too. And you mm-hmm. might've, I'm not sure if you thought this, but I know that I've encountered quite a few people who said, well, dang, it costs how much a month? I don't know about that. But then they'll, you know, they'll leave out with your thousand dollar handbag. And, but you know, you, I mean, and I mean, and this doesn't to be judgy or anything, but if you're saying, I want to be in shape, I want to be healthier, I want to be this and I want to be that, but I'm not willing to pay money for fitness, but I'll pay for this new bag though. And so, cause I always would tell people that, well, you know, uh, look at what you currently have. And that tells you what's most important. And that's what yeah. it made me think about is, you know. That's a good one because it's like, it's saying that it's going to tell you what you value. Like yeah. I stopped on a kickboxing because it was cutting into my manicure money. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I remember I cut my hair because, you know, and then I, I mean, I even stopped yeah. like flat ironing it like for years now. Why? Because I know, um, and I've been trying, I, I won't, I won't put her on blast. So I won't say who it is, but I'll say someone in my family close to me. I was like, why don't you go? And they're like, oh, I, I can't sweat my hair out. And so I know <laughs> that the hair is more important. <laughs> You know, like, listen, I, you know, I paid however much to get my hair done. And so I look at it in that way. And it's not a matter of one person being right or wrong. But I think it goes back to exactly what Brandy said that, uh, you know, sometimes people say one thing and they they do another. And the idea is that we get to that point where we're able to recognize that and we allow both of those to line up together, you know. Yeah, and it's also what you value. And sometimes, like this, it will make bring something to your attention where you're like, dang, I didn't realize I was valuing that over this. You know, so it's good to have conversations about it because sometimes people just do it or they were taught that. <laughs> so it's a, it's, a, it's a learning lesson. And then uh, conversations like this, we need to do this more often. Absolutely. Brandy, you are awesome. Absolutely. Oh, thank you. <laughs> Until next time, whatever you do, live your best life by loving yourself.